Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to from St. John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. After he appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two others of the disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, do you know that I love you? Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, do you know that I love you? Jesus said to him, tend to my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. When you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. What other stories did you hear echoed within this Gospel lesson this morning? It's okay to answer. Fish, fish and loaves? Right? Almost like the, maybe the feeding of 5,000. Jesus had, they had none. With Jesus' help, they have 
More than enough. Kind of odd, they mentioned 153. I don't know what that means, except maybe that's how much they caught. But, yeah, so fishes and loaves. Other stories that are echoed within it. Asking three times, right? Peter, and right there, that could preach right there. That's why I talked about it with the kids, right? We know the story from uh, Maundy Thursday, the night in which Jesus was betrayed after he's arrested. He's taken away, and now kind of the, the, the police go out, and they see Peter by a charcoal fire. He knows there's a charcoal fire in here again. I think I see Aren't you one of his disciples? I've seen you with him. And Peter says, I don't know who you're talking about, right? So again, he's asked, and again, he's asked, he denies him three times, and we know, uh, and then the cock crowed, right? That was one of the things that leads up to it that sits in our memory. And now we get Jesus and Peter having this conversation again, and you wonder, how is that going to go? Jesus and Peter, right, are uh, in this conversation, and how is Jesus now going to react after Peter just denied him? three times. And Jesus, I'm going to assume, knows this. His reaction is not one of, huh? I don't know you. You had your chance. His reaction isn't one of waving his finger, right? Get, you know, really uh, getting on him about it and making him feel guilty, whatever it might be. He just says, feed my sheep. Tend my lambs. Feed my sheep. He just kind of, huh? It's almost like it didn't happen, <laughs> but you got work to do. So get on with the work. And that, I think that preaches right there, doesn't it? Because I think there are times whether we have literally said those words, I don't know, Jesus, or we just led lives like that, we can hear God say to us, just get to work, right? Almost in a way, the past is a past, the future is still ahead. You are forgiven. We got work to do, so let's get on with our work. There's a sermon right there, but that's not going to be the sermon this morning. Any other echoes that you heard? He wasn't recognized. Jesus wasn't recognized right away. Uh, in Luke, Emmaus 24, uh, on the road to Emmaus, when Jesus is walking, or two other people are walking on the road, and Jesus approaches them. And they're grieving, and this one says, what's going on? They're like, are you kidding me? How can you not know what's going on? Jesus is dead. And that they end up in the breaking of the bread at the end of the day, realizing it's Jesus. Joan? Yeah, and so what's a story you think of? Adam and Eve. Yeah, I think that's a great one right there also. Peter now is naked, so he puts on clothes to jump in the water. Which back then, it's kind of opposite. They didn't have swimsuits. Right after they're getting in, they're taking off their clothes to get in. But Adam and Eve, what happens uh, is the way the story goes. When they're in the garden and God calls them out, they realize they were, right? I am ashamed. I need to cover myself up. When we're in God's presence, I think there's a revealing of who we really are. Maybe we're not all that we're cracked up to be, and so we need to cover ourselves up. And so there's those echoes there, Let, Shirley? I was just going to say what, it, what it occurs to me is <clears throat> the other guys weren't afraid to, to be in Jesus' presence. But Peter, uh, my image is he put some clothes on and jumped into the water, which might have been very cold, to hide. 
Right, right, yeah, I, got, I have to cover up, right? I'm, there's, there's some shame going on there, right? I can't be who I really am. It, it stands for some other things. Uh, not only is he covering up his physical nakedness, but he, in some ways trying to, he doesn't want to be emotionally, mentally naked also, and so I need to cover that up. But I want to talk another story that harkens back to, and I hope I don't, when I preach, I always am trying to balance working through my own things, right? And what you need to hear, and I, a lot of times I think working through my own things is what you need to hear. Uh, but there is that this isn't therapy for me either. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Um, but I'm going to reveal to you some things that I struggle with that I think uh, you guys all struggle with. And in the midst of it all, I'll probably make us all a little uncomfortable. Sound good? You haven't heard me preach yet, so we'll see after, say afterwards. Here's the other story it makes me make the other story it echoes that it makes me think of: the story of the rich young ruler. You know the story of the rich young ruler. Um, someone approaches Jesus. I forget what gospel it's in. I want to say it's in Luke, but I might be mistaken. And essentially, he says to Jesus, "What must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven?" And does anyone know what Jesus initially says to him? Follow the, right? Essentially names off some of the Ten Commandments. And the guy says, well, I've done all those things. A little arrogantly, but all right. And then Jesus says, well, then you need to sell all that you own and give your money to the poor, and then you can follow me. And what is the rich young ruler response at that point? <laughs> we don't quite hear the no way, but he do here in scripture, he walks away for he had many possessions. He walks away because he had many possessions. Now here's why I hear that story echoed back in this one. Jesus and Peter are having this conversation. Do you love me? Tend my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Tend my lambs. Right? And then Jesus goes on and says, when you're a boy, you used to put your own belt around yourself and go where you wanted to go. But later on, Someone else is going to tie that belt around you and lead you to where you don't want to go. And Jesus says that to talk about the way, the kind of death that Peter was going to incur. The kind of death Peter had, he was crucified, but crucified upside down because he didn't think he could have the same kind of death that Jesus had. So after Jesus tells him the kind of death he's going to have, or the way the story is written, you then hear the words, follow me. Right Now, at that time, I don't think Peter knew the kind of death he was going to have. He's just hearing, follow me. But he also knows the one he's going to follow was just crucified, was just put to death. And Peter goes ahead and follows him, and it eventually leads to his death. Ideally, I think that's what we'd like to be like. In reality, and I'm going to speak for myself, I am much more like the rich young ruler. Anybody else? Remember? I'm going to get emotional in here. Sorry. Remember as a kid, or maybe your own kids, or maybe your grandkids, they would play school. Anybody see your kids play school? Maybe they'd play church. Maybe they'd play house. Right? They just pretend... They didn't really, it wasn't real, but they just pretended. I remember 
uh, as a kid, actually, me and my friend Adam and Mitch, sometimes my brother Jay, we'd play guns. You know, we all lived within three houses of each other, so we'd just run throughout the neighborhood with our toy guns shooting each other. Right? I got you. No, you didn't. We're just pretending, though, right? If we got shot, did we actually die? So it was very safe to play because there really weren't consequences in what we were doing. We could just play. Go on our day. It's over. We had some fun. Nothing really matters. <laughs> this is where I hope, as your pastor, I don't know if, how much you share or how much you don't, but sometimes I fear we just play church. Sometimes I fear I just play church. I know what Jesus is asking. I just don't want to do it. I heard this from another friend, actually, another pastor. He had said it. I'd never heard it that way before. But he had said those words. He's like, I think Jesus really does want us to sell our possessions. We just need to admit that we don't want to. (laughs) Right? We don't want to. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to follow, to do, to, uh, to go along. It's easy, it's an easy question to ask, why did Jesus die? Because the answer is to forgive our sins, right? You know what's a much harder question to ask? Why was Jesus killed? Those are different answers. He died to forgive our sins. He was killed because... He upset the social order and the powers that be of the day. When we just leave it at, why did Jesus die? And the answer is for our sins. Then it is something God is doing to Jesus. It doesn't matter the kind of life that Jesus lived, because that was going to be the end or the outcome no matter what. And we just get to reap the benefits of it. We're just kind of these bystanders. It didn't matter. At the end... God killed Jesus, his life didn't really matter. But if we ask, why was Jesus killed? Now we have to look at what kind of life did Jesus lead, right? And then if it goes into Jesus calling to Peter, follow me, and Peter is killed, we have to start thinking about what kind of life was Peter leading? Especially when we just talked about the last two weeks, what were the last words of Jesus the first words of Jesus after his resurrection did he share, and now what are these last words again of Jesus? Remember the last words that we talked about on Monday, Thursday here according to John's Gospel. Jesus says to you, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you, right? Then the first words that we get after the resurrection according to John is he brings peace and he commands them to forgive. Now, we hear the last words of Jesus again. And now we're getting feed, tend, and feed. And these are the things that lead to the death of Peter. So I stand up here in front and I think, do I just play church? because I lead a very comfortable life. Anybody else? Right? And then I think, do I really want to follow? And that puts me back to the rich, young ruler. I know I'm always supposed to end with good news, 
But I also know my job is simply to raise questions among us and within us and to trust that somehow the Spirit will work through that not knowing where that spirit is going to go. Now, I have a whole other issues that go on. Why? You've heard me say it before. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with church. You know, this is one of those reasons why. It's nice and easy to come in. We get together. We sing a few songs, right? We see our friends. That's all good. I'm not trying to diminish it. And what does it really mean to follow Jesus? And is that the whole picture? I don't think it's the whole picture. My hope is, maybe this is where we'll end on gospel, on the good news. Even though at times in our lives, we may not say the words, I don't know Jesus, but the way we live our life as a church tells the world, yeah, we really don't know Jesus. That in the end, Christ will come back and not wag his finger, not, I don't know you, but to simply say, let's work together. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.